0: today I'm really excited you get to hear from Matt Hoffman and um, he took me up he's going to be talking about um, John the Baptist in the beginning of Mark's gospel and we're using some of these lectionary texts um, in the new year and so last week we had the beginning of John's gospel and this week we had the beginning of Matt of uh, Mark's gospel and uh uh, talking about John the Baptist, Matt took me up on the offer to to wear the John the Baptist style beard, so <laughs> that right. might interfere with his lapel mic. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't take me up on the offer of like the locust and honey. And oh, cam- you haven't cam- seen camel, my my cam- potluck meal. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm no, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm going to invite Stacia to come and and read uh, the scripture from Mark one, and you'll see it overhead also.
1: Mark 1, verses 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And there went out to him all the country of Judea and all the people of Jerusalem. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and had a leather girdle around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, Thou art my beloved Son, with thee I am well pleased.
0: Thanks, Deisha. So yeah, they don't make lapel mics for beards that are trying to imitate John the Baptist. So I apologize. So you're just gonna do that. Sorry. <laughs> I just can't I can't ever look down, I have to remain engaged. It's it's part of the part of the thing. So um okay, so the year is twenty-eight AD, right? Uh, you live on the outskirts of Jerusalem. Um, and you've grown up hearing these stories about, um, about God, about all the things that, that God has done for, for you, for the people around you. Um, you've grown up hearing stories about God you know, leading you out of Egypt, about God sending the prophets to, to lead and to teach and, and to rebuke. And, and you've been surrounded your whole life um, to the point where you're, you're almost desensitized with, with reminders of all of these things, right? Like, if you, you step outside of your door and you can see Mount Zion, where the temple is, and, you know, just a few miles outside of Jerusalem, you can go to the valley where David fought Goliath. Um, and on a really clear day, if you look north, you you might be able to see Mount Carmel, where Elijah... Had a competition with the prophets of Baal, right? And he and he prayed, and God sent down fire to prove that he was the real God. And so you you know all of these stories, and you and you and you believe them, um, but sometimes it can be hard to like believe them, you know, because Elijah's been gone a long time. Uh, the last prophet uh, was gone over four hundred years ago. Four hundred years—that's that's a really long time, um, and, and a lot of people around you um, uh, maybe don't, they all believe it. They'd all say that they, they believe it, but, um, and, and you know all the right answers. If, you, if someone asked you, uh, you know, what is, what's the most important thing in your life, you'd say, you know, to love the Lord my God with all my heart and soul and mind strength, um, and to follow the law, to, to, to love my neighbor as myself. Um, and if someone asked you, like, what would make you, what would make you happy, like, what will ultimately make you happy, um, you'd say, rejoice in the Lord. Like, Joy is found in the Lord, right? And that's just, that's just part of the answer. Um, and most everyone around you would say the same thing, but I mean, a lot of people um, wouldn't necessarily, well, my people who, who don't, don't live, like, maybe that's entirely true. Like, I mean, even, even the priests at the temple, um, there are a lot of Priests that are fabulously wealthy. Their 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 palaces are along uh, the row beside the temple, um, almost as if like you know, being comfortable might be more important than their neighbors. Um, but you know, if you're around these kinds of things, and it kind of kind of rubs off uh, eventually. You know, that doesn't look all that bad. Um, and you're around. Uh the Romans, it seems like every third person you meet is, is either a Roman soldier or someone who works for the Romans. They collect taxes or tolls or do administration. I mean, they'd tell you that, uh, yeah, your God is true, and, and so are all these other gods, right? Um, they're, they're all true. There, there's, there's some truth in all of these things. Um, and if you're around all of these things enough, things, you know, it kind of becomes part of, part of your subconscious, part of what you just believe is true. You know, so if God is real, if, if the God of all of these stories, all of these scriptures is real, then he is the most important thing, right? He is the, the way to happiness, but he's been quiet a long time. Is, is the God of those stories real? So all of a sudden, um, people start talking about a man in the wilderness, um, the way Mark describes it, this is the very beginning of, of Mark or, or a couple of verses on, um, it's as if like the curtains open and this man's like walking out of the mist and he's calling out. Um, and, and everyone around is, is talking about him. Um, it's, uh, he's in the wilderness. The wilderness is a, is a rough 10-mile walk um, from, from Jerusalem. Um, it's hot. It's dangerous. There's nothing to eat. Uh, but people are going out to see this man. I uh, he's the son of a priest. Um, and that's a hereditary thing, so he could be a priest. He, he could live a, a perfectly comfortable life, get a portion of the temple tithe. Um, but he's not a priest. He's out in the wilderness, and he's wearing a camel hair robe, which is not something you wear if you're interested in being comfortable. And, uh, and he's eating, like, whatever food he can find there, like bugs and, and honey, um, probably date honey. And, uh, but people are going. People are going out to see him. Um, they're making that trek, and they're, and they're listening, and they're coming back different people. So, you know, you go, right? Because everyone else is. Um, and, uh, and John, that's his name, he, uh, he sounds like a prophet. He talks like a prophet. When, when he talks, the words kind of hit you like God's saying something to you. Um, and, you know, he acts like he's not terribly interested in being comfortable, and he, and he talks like he's not all that interested in you being comfortable either. Um, he, uh, he says, the way you're walking is not right. You need to turn. Um, you need to change your mind. You're walking here with assumptions that are not correct. You need to change your mind. Um, the, way it's, the way it's written, the way Mark writes it, he's, he's preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Um, now, here in, in the twenty-first century, hearing, hearing those words probably comes off a, a little different. Um, we hear the word repentance when um, we've got like two millennia of like built-up cruft and clutter and associations and and such. Um, but the the word he says is, is turn um, or change your mind. Uh, and we don't know exactly how he, how he unpacked that, that as, a, as a metaphor, but here's, here's my best attempt. You tell me, tell me what you think. Um, so every, every step you take, every, every like decision you make, every, every thing you do, even, even small things, they're all going to be towards the thing that you think is most important. Or to put it another way, that the thing that you think is going to make you happy. Um, so you might say, all, all the right answers. You might say, for example, um, God is the most important thing in my life. Like, this is the way I'm going. But then, if you look back at like the actual steps that you take, they might not actually be in the direction that you thought they were. You might need to turn. That, um, as an analogy, that kind of still still works today. The um, everything you you know you buy, you decide not to buy. Every like. All the decisions, even like small decisions, like, like what you had for breakfast. Uh, if you decided to have plain oatmeal for breakfast instead of Fruit Loops, it would be because you thought there was something about that that was going to make you more happy in the long run, right? Um, if, like, m- you know, maybe you're, uh, uh, you, know, you had a New Year's resolution to eat healthier, that's my, that's, that's, this is important to me this year, I'm going to eat healthier. And then you still had Fruit Loops for breakfast, then maybe you know that what you say is most important, and what you're actually doing maybe not exactly the same. And for one hand, I don't, I don't bl- blame you because Fruit Loops are delicious. But um, but maybe you know maybe the actions and the and the words don't don't match up. So if if that really is what's most important, maybe you need to turn. Um, Blaise Pascal put it. Put it better, he says, all men seek happiness, this is without exception, Um, whatever different means they employ, they all tend to this end. The cause of some going to war, others avoiding it, is the same desire in both, but attended with different views. The will never takes the least step but to this object. It's the motive of every action of every man. And when John talked about turning, um, people believed him, right? Because not only did he not have the fruit loops, he, you know, he had the locusts um he he was focused on he said that something was important, and he was focused on that thing um and none of the things that people saw him doing were were anything out of line of the thing that was important um and he was doing it where where God put him, and he was you know eating and doing whatever whatever made sense there um and when god um well the to, just to, to, to ex- kind of unpack the rest of, of what Mark says, he says that you're preaching repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Um, sin, if, if repentance has a lot of built up kind of cruft and clutter and association sin, obviously far worse. But um, with the word sin just means um, off the mark or, or, or being off target. It's, it, is, it is that being pointed towards the thing that is not the right thing. Um, if there's one thing that is, that is most important, being, being pointed towards something that is not that, taking the steps towards something that is not that. That is just what we call sin. Um, so that's, that's what John was, was preaching. Um, this is actually how a, a friend of mine in, in college used to define sin. He would say that uh, sin is looking for happiness where no ultimate happiness could be found. And I was I was kind of skeptical about that as a definition at the time, because it sounds different than anything I heard. But that, I think it has some merit to it. Sin is looking for happiness where no ultimate happiness can be found. So, let's say it's 28 AD, um, and you're listening to John, and he's saying you need to turn, right? And maybe he's following up with like other things that you know are true. That there's a God who wants you to be happy, that... That God is that way for you to be happy. Um, you're, you know, you're wired to be happy when you're when you're with Him. Um, but, but John says that everyone coming to that Jordan River to see Him has walked away. They're they're pointed in the wrong direction. Maybe they come with the wrong idea of what is right, or maybe they, they have the right idea but they're walking the different way. They need to change their mind, or they need to turn. Um, and it hits you, right? I mean, it, he he says it, and it's and it rings true. And it rings true for a lot of people around you. So they, they ask, so what do we need to do? What, uh, wh- how, do we, how do we turn? How do we know if we're going in the right direction? Um, and Luke records the exchange. He, um, he, he says some specific things to some specific groups of people, to, um, to Roman soldiers. And they're actually Roman soldiers who were coming and were feeling, uh, who were convicted by, by what he said. And, and to them he said, um, don't abuse your power. Don't, don't accuse someone falsely. Don't, don't take things that don't belong to you. And, uh, which makes sense, right? If if God is the most important thing, if following God means loving God and loving your neighbor, you can't love your neighbor if you're accusing them falsely or or taking things from them. So, makes sense. To tax collectors who were there, he said, you know, don't steal. Um, Don't take more than you should. So, okay, sounds good. But that's when, then things get difficult. Um, He says, to the the multitudes, to all of you, he says, Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. Anyone who has food should do the same. Now, like, being abstract and talking about, like, steps and directions and things, like, that's one thing. But why do you have to go and get all concrete about it? Like, if I have two shirts, I have a backup, right? Maybe I don't want to wear the red shirt today. Maybe I want the blue shirt. What if I want to wash a shirt? So, uh, uh, or you could say, you know, God gave me two shirts. Why should I give one away, right? Um, but, you know, if, if, if having the, the extra is really, is really important to you, and the thought of, like, getting rid of that extra thing is, is really galling, maybe, maybe God alone is not, you know, what is actually gonna make you happy or what you think is actually gonna make you happy maybe it's like God you know plus security or God plus having some options or or God plus being comfortable um, to follow the analogy uh, you know sometimes you have to well when we've said sometimes you, you kind of have to look back and see the the steps that you've actually taken the things that you actually do to realize that I'm not actually pointed the way that I I thought I was um, I'm going to be honest. Like going back to you know just 2015, um, as applications go, that's really challenging for me because I can talk a big game about like not being materialistic and and so on. But um, but I have a lot of shirts. Um, actually, when I first read that, that passage, I um, I read it in a translation that said coats, or maybe I just like I misremembered it and thought it was coats. Um, now one of the things that I happened to have been handed down to me from from both of my grandfather's are, are coats, and to my credit, I gave like three or four to the like the canoe kind of, uh, coat drive that was here a couple of months ago. but I counted, I have nine coats. I don't even want to know how many shirts I have. Um, so but you know I'm the kind of person that wants to be I like to be prepared you know I like to have contingency I like to have have options if if A happens. Well, don't worry. I have we have B. You know we have a backup. Um, so something like this um, is is really hard for me. And I, and I start like immediately. I start like rationalizing. Like well, you know it's 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 an example. It's hyperbole. It's you know. But if you're hearing this in 28 A.D., it doesn't sound like hyperbole, right? Because a lot of people in this crowd have two sets of clothes to their name. So, and maybe, you know, if you're hearing this, maybe, maybe that's you. So, and his point actually makes sense. It, it, it's, it's logically consistent. If you say that the most important thing is God, that he is the way to be happy, and that following him means loving your neighbor as yourself, then that means giving your second shirt to the person who doesn't have any, and giving food to someone who doesn't have any. That's, that's loving as yourself, right? That's that's the actual application there. That That's the meaning of that. If there's anything beyond the essentials that you're hanging on to that you're not willing to give to your neighbor that you're supposedly loving like yourself. Maybe you're not facing the direction that you think and you need to turn. So, I mean, as, you know, kind of the, the practical implications of that kind of, kind of fall out of that, I'm going to, I'm going to pause I'm going to let that percolate a bit. Um, it is worth saying at least that John did not say, you should all wear camel hair ropes. Um, people went to him and they came back changed and they came back converted, but they didn't come back eating locusts and honey. He wasn't saying like, you need to live a life where you're actively trying to be uncomfortable. Um, so. You know for whatever that's worth he did say there's no need for extra if someone else could use that but so say say you wanted to turn or maybe you wanted to want to turn what how, how would you do that anyway like, what, what does that even mean it's not it's not like you can just kind of pivot you know um it's actually it's actually really difficult it's it's it's, it's more like like digging yourself out of where you are and and putting yourself somewhere else, which is actually the closest I'm going to get to doing the robot in church. Um, But um, if, uh, (laughs) but I mean, it's not like we have a great conscious control over these things, right? I mean, there's... there's, uh, Things like the, what we think we need, what we think is important, um, what we think like you know is, is going to make us happy—it's it's deeply ingrained. It's it's like it's wired like an addiction is wired, right? It's it, it's it's uh, and it's something that it's like an addiction that's being like constantly reinforced by everything we see and and hear. Um, so it's 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 really hard to change. Now, John does offer a couple of. A couple of tools, a couple of things to help, and then he offers a big caveat. So the the tools that he offers, um, the the things to help help you turn, um, Mark says, uh, confessing their sins, they're baptized by him in the Jordan River. So uh, saying saying it out loud, making a public commitment, um, are two pretty powerful tools to help you, help you change uh, an ingrained behavior, help you change a, a pattern. Um, now, last week, actually, uh, you know, Chris talked about similar things. He, he used different words. He, he talked about reorienting. Um, he mentioned all of, the, all of the articles that come out in, like, New Year's season, you know, about uh, uh, how to keep your New Year's resolutions and things like that. And that's something that all of them would, would say, that uh, if you want to keep your New Year's resolution, make it public, you know, involve other people. Um, now there's a lot more to confessing sin and especially to, to baptism than that. Um, but I mean, that's one of the reasons why we do like, we all say, uh, you know, Wesley's covenant prayer, or we all say, um, you know, confession, um, publicly, um, together because there's something about saying the words out loud that makes them more real. It makes them more real in, in, something different happens in your mind. Um, there's a lot more to baptism in particular um, than, that we're just not going to get into here. And it's, a, it's a powerful symbol. It's, it was so powerful and so unique uh, and so, so unusual that I mean, it, it became what John was known for. He was John the baptizer. Um, John the one who baptizes people because that was weird. Um, and we don't know uh, exactly what, what, he was, what he said he was referencing. If you went down and, and John was explaining baptism, we don't know exactly how he would explain it to you. Um, You would have at that point, you would would understand um, ritual washings. There's a lot of times uh, in in your life when you would would have to ritually wash because you touched something unclean, because you've eaten something unclean. Um, So it may be a reference to that. There's also a tradition of of converts to Judaism. People people entering the faith um, would be ritually washed. Um, as a one-time, and the symbolism was actually um, very similar, as if they were dying to their old life. Um, so he might actually be saying, you need to reconvert. Like, you, you, being born in it is not enough, um, which would have been a really scandalous thought. I mean, that would have been fairly offensive. Maybe, maybe enough so that he would become known for it in his nickname. But... Um, but it is a it is a powerful symbol. Either whatever whatever reference he used, um, it was a powerful thing. It was one that, that Jesus continued, um, and then built on. Um, and the you know talk about what baptism means and, and should mean is is a debate that has you know at, at times it's it's generated more heat than light. But you know, whether it's a sign, whether it's a sacrament, whether it's a symbol, um, but we won't. That's a, it's a worthwhile debate, but it's not one that we're going to get into right now because I'm highly unqualified. Um, but, but even with that, like, so you've got a couple of tools that help, um, you know, that, that might help you turn. But even with that, we're saying that you need to, to change deeply ingrained behaviors and, and walk towards something that is true but is impossibly hard to do. It seems, it seems really daunting. Um, so we can't leave the message there. And John didn't leave the message there, right? Because at this point, if you're there on the banks of the Jordan River, people are asking, so, are you, are you Elijah? Because you, you talk like God speaking. So, is now when you call down fire from heaven and show us where God is? Mark says the core of John's message is this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, one who straps of whose sandals I'm, I'm not willing to untie. Um, so the, the key of John's message, the core of it, was there's more to the story than this. Um, this is all true, but there's more coming. Um, and in the passage that we're reading, the rest of the story came. Um, Jesus came to John to be, to be baptized. Now, Jesus didn't actually need to turn. Jesus is, is, was the one person who walked down to that river who was actually facing the right way and walking it, right? Right? Uh, and Matthew actually reports that that John when John saw him, he knew this, and at first he refused he said, well, you, you don't need to turn anywhere. you have nothing to confess. Um, I, you should be baptizing me um, but he did uh, John did baptize uh, jesus so and um, and that was his elijah moment, right like with Elijah it was it was praying to God and God sending him fire on the mountain. And with Jesus, it's, with John, rather, it's, it's, it's a Holy Spirit descending like a dove. Um, and then at that point, John could say, um, yes, yes, God is real and he's right here. Um, and so that Jesus was, you know, the rest of the story. Right? Um, that there's, there's a way that leads to happiness. There, there's an actual right way, right? Um, there's the way that's correct. Um, and Jesus didn't take that away. He didn't like, make that more difficult. And this is the guy that said, like, if you know, turn the other cheek, and if someone takes your cloak, give him your tunic. He didn't, he didn't make that, that application any, any simpler for us. But he did say that you know, for, every, for every wrong step you take, for every, every this way or, or that way, every time you say you believe something, but then a step the other way. Um, Jesus did say that I I walked, I that walked that walk right, and and He's with me, and I've I've paid for that misstep. Um, Jesus says I I can I can reset you, I can I can pull you up, and I can put you on the right path. Um, and no matter how many steps you've taken that's off in that wrong direction. And uh, and more than that, right? He says that I'll baptize, He'll baptize you with. I'll baptize you with water, but he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus can say, I, not only can I put you in the right way, but, but when you are taking those steps on that, on that path that seems impossibly hard, um, it's not just you walking, right? It's that, it's that beautiful mystery of of you walking and God walking in you. Um, so the man that, that, you know, when he walks down to that river, as the only man who didn't actually need to turn. Um, and he walked it for, for you when you're standing there in, in 28 AD and, and, and for me. And the rest of the story and all the tragic beauty that, that, that Mark will get into and that, and that we probably know, um, it's that that man who was God, he walked you know, in our place and he walked right up to the cross. Um, and, then, and like every man, he was walking towards what he thought was going to make him happiest, what he knew was actually most important. Um, Paul says in, in Philippians that um, uh, for the joy set before him, he endured death, even death on a cross. Um, and then he rose to, to prove that we can walk that in his, in his place. And so when it comes time to say, you know, like, did you, did you walk the right way? What were your actually step, actual steps? Where were you focused? Um, you can look back in the, at, at your path that you walked and say that, um, you know, Jesus did. And and I'm with him. Let's uh, let's pray. God, you um, you're bigger than we understand. You you ask things that are more difficult than it than it feels like we can we can do. But you are better and you are more more fulfilling than we can possibly imagine. And please help us to expand our imaginations to understand how how good you are, how how much, how important that is, how how, how much happiness that you can give God. And please help us to help us to turn. Help us to want to turn to the way that's 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 towards you, the way that's it's ultimately going to make us happy. And um, God help it all to be uh, in your name and for your glory.